What are you thinking about? Tell me what you're thinking. Have you ever thought about? Hmm. I wonder why. The thoughts of thinkers. The podcast. thoughts of thinkers podcast. All right. Um, welcome to episode two or part two, I should say, of um, the DMT episode. Um, I'm going to keep this intro short. Hopefully you enjoyed the first part of us doing DMT. This part is, like I said before, um, me and one of my best friends, Phil, went back to his house after we left Jake's and kind of contemplated what had just happened. Um, had Had a good conversation, over an hour of conversation. And it was really good. I know I say this for every episode, but <laughs> this is definitely uh, one of my favorites. We covered a lot of really good topics. Um, for the first part of it, we were definitely talking about you know our DMT experience, what we had just went through, and we were comparing it to past psychedelic experiences with mushrooms and things. Um, and then that conversation kind of just morphed into all kinds of stuff. I think we touched on... Uh, you know, society, growing up, our town, you know, growing up in our town. Um, shit, we talked about homeless people. We talked about all kinds. We talked about the universe. I mean, alien life forms, intelligent life, all kinds of fun stuff. So this is a really good episode. Um, I think it, we were both kind of in that post-psychedelic headspace um, where we were just really connected uh, with each other and with everything else because the conversation seemed to flow so smooth. You know, when I when I was editing this, I, in fact, I didn't even edit it. I kind of just listened through it. But when I told, I told myself, all right, I'm going to listen to about the first half of it, then I'll take a break, and then I'll finish out the second half of it later. But um, once I started playing it and listening to it, listening through it, I um, didn't even stop once. I listened all the way through. That's how good it was for me. So hopefully it's good enough for you. Hopefully it's that good for you. Um, Like I said, I'm going to keep this one short because this is over an hour-long conversation and it was really good and there's (laughs) nothing really I'm going to say that's going to make it any better. So I'm going to go ahead and end it right here. Uh, Thanks again to everybody that's been listening, tuning in, following me, following the podcast. Um... Tell people about it. Tell your friends. Tell you, tell people you know someone that does a podcast. If anyone out there is interested in doing it with me, being a guest or, you know, doing something together, collaborating, let me know. I'm always open for stuff like that. So, yeah, other than that, um, hope you guys enjoy. Uh, stay tuned for the next episode, and um, I'll see you then. Peace. All right, we're on. Drinking a motherfucking White Claw. Shout out to all the single white women out there. Dude, do you think White Claws are like the new, um, what were those called? Wine coolers? Uh, I guess in a sense. Because it's like, it's kind of like sweet, I guess. It's like what? Spark, yeah, side spiked sparkling water with a hint of black cherry. Yeah. But 
I mean, from what I heard, they're pretty strong, just like a like a. Well, it says five like percent. Light. Yeah, it says five percent. That's like a normal beer, so. Yeah, I never got into them, but the uh, lime one is pretty good. Uh, I just. I bought one of those variety packs recently. Tried a bunch of them. They were decent. I mean, they're not like. I know a lot of people talk shit on them. Like it's like a meme now or whatever, but. I just feel weird about drinking something that just doesn't really taste like anything and gets you drunk. <laughs> Those are the best kind, dude. So, we just did DMT for our first time. We've been talking about it for fucking years. Yeah, for a while now. Um, what I wanted to start with is how do you compare it between DM? How do you compare DMT with mushrooms? Because you, you've had two of your. I mean, I don't, you've done mushrooms before last, right? The last time in Tahoe? That or was... did you do? I, that was my second time ever doing mushrooms. But was that like your first real breakthrough? Like real, real trip? Oh, for sure. Yeah? For sure. Because I thought so. I thought you had done mushrooms before, but you didn't really like go like deep, right? No, I didn't go full board. So you've had two. When was that? That was April... That was like six months ago. Was that April of this year? Oh, shit. Okay, so yeah, that was like six months ago. So you've had two pretty profound <laughs> psychedelic experiences within the last few months. Yeah. Uh, if it, I know it's like apples and oranges, but if you were to compare them, like, how would you rate them or how would you fucking compare the two? So uh, I would say that going into mushrooms, you know, I already had an idea of what effects it has and what kind of experience I was going to have. Right. So, I was kind of like, that was my goal. I wasn't just going into it just to like... When you dropped those shrooms, like, what were you expecting? I mean, I know you weren't expecting what you experienced, but... I was expecting, like, some visual... Um, but you weren't expecting, like, some life-changing breakthroughs or anything like that? No, I... No, no because... I, I mean, even if I would have thought it, I would have never really... I would have never really understood it until yeah. I actually felt it, and I did feel it. So, I feel like I remember when you were stand when we went to go get pizza or no, it was a burger pizza. place. Yeah, it's a burger place, and uh, we all went inside, and you're like, "Hey, man, I'm just gonna fucking kick it out here," and you stood outside for a while. And then I remember, I think a couple people came to check up on you, make sure you were good. But I remember when I left, I'm like, what's up, bro? You cool? And you're like, dude, I just need some time to fucking contemplate what the fuck just happened, man. Like, I just need to fucking... You were, like, in some crazy-ass headspace. I don't even know how to explain it, but you were just, like... I could feel it, though. Like, I could feel how, like... It's almost like you were just so, like... Just kind of peaceful. Dude, I was at one. I was at one with everything, man. With everything that was going on in in my life. Mm-hmm. Like I was just fucking like felt really good, really confident in myself. I remember you saying something along the lines of, uh, "I know I'm, I like I know I'm doing what I should be doing." Right yeah, now. for sure, like, dude. That's such a beautiful fucking feeling to feel. Dude, it was. Like, yeah. I know, I know, I am where I need to be. Yeah, I just got the chills because it kind of just gave me that feeling again. But um, yeah, yeah, that was that was the most profound thing about it was just the the sense of fucking like like meaning of like I don't know there's a deeper meaning to everything than just 
what I originally thought. And just like the surface, like, almost like you could see under the surface a little bit. You could see that there's more than just like everyday fucking Dude, whatever. Exactly. That's, that's how fucking. I felt too. And that's that's what mushrooms did to me. Um, I didn't really get that feeling off mushrooms, but the you mean DMT. I mean, sorry, DMT. Um, and it's weird because right after you did it, you felt you you said you felt like feel really fucking peaceful you felt really calm mm-hmm. you didn't get any I of didn't that get when that. you came back i feel like i was <clears throat> so far into that trip like so tripping out that i wasn't really able to be yeah. calm i couldn't calm down it wasn't like a bad trip though it was just really intense and i think i was just overwhelmed by everything that i was seeing that i couldn't fully put down my guard and just yeah and relax yeah so i don't think i had that like connection feeling if maybe if i did let it go and just let everything take me then i might have felt if you were to do it again would you do you think you'd be able to let go um better easier? i don't know man I, that's hard to say i'd like to say i would but yeah i feel like it was such a rush at first that it kind of like caught me off guard right and i just from there i was just like Overwhelmed, like you weren't ready for it. No, I was. I, I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting like, like a chill trip. Or, <clears throat> yeah, that. But that's what I mean. Like, if you were to do it again, do you feel like you'd be more ready? Yeah, definitely. I don't know if I'd have the same kind of trip, but I know I'd be. Yeah. Definitely be ready, more ready than I was. The, that when we just did it, but uh, I think what you were saying too, how I took one like, one hit at first and I didn't feel anything. Mm-hmm. And then I took the second one right away. I think, like you're saying, like the first one caught up to me when the second one was already yeah. coming in. So. Well, I know when I did it, I sat back and I was like fucking trip, like not tripping balls, like psychedelic. I was just tripping, like nervous, like anxiety. And I started to feel kind of lightheaded, but I didn't really feel much. And I'm just like, all right, let me just ride this shit out. And then it fucking hit. But I think with you, you didn't feel much, so you're like, let me hit it again. And, like, right when you started to feel the first one, you were already taking the second one. So it just compounded and just fucking smacked you in the face. But from what I've heard, you're supposed to do that three times to get a real, like, breakthrough. That's So do what I did, but one more time. Yep. Take, that's what they say. They say take one hit, blow it out, take another one, blow it out. And before you leave reality, get that third one in. And then, the, and then you just sit back and fucking... You're gone. Well, you're is gone. that is that something you're, like, looking to do next time you do it? Yeah, that's why I was trying to hit up fucking Heb for that, for his connect so bad. Because I'm like, dude, it was dope as fuck. And the environment we were in was dope as fuck. We had all of our fucking homies. It was chill. But I just feel like there was too much going on that was grounding me. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. Little noises. Like when someone was shuffling around in the kitchen. Or, yeah. It was keeping me there, and I feel like if it was, like, me and you, like, here, we could be quiet as fuck. And honestly, I don't even want to use music next time. I feel like the music was grounding me, too. As, I mean, it was kind of dictating my trip, but it was still keeping me in, like, all right, I know a song is playing. If you're in silence, you would probably be able to disconnect so easily because there's, like, no stimulus, you know what I mean? So if me and you were just chilling... Maybe music hella lightly, but not like how we were doing it, where it was like loud as fuck. Yeah, and then just Wait, fucking a better go. controlled environment. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, I think it's. I mean, I I think about this with all psychedelics, but especially after experiencing DMT, is it's it's something to be respected, 
it's not really something to do with fucking 15 homies at a party. Yeah. It's something to, like, do with one or two close people by yourself. Well, with one or two close people, like, and really fucking respect it. Respect it, you know? That's... So, after doing it, do you feel, like, more confident in doing it another time? Yep. So, you think you can just just jump to that three-hit fucking shootout in the fucking space? Yeah. Based on what I felt the first time, because during my first trip, and maybe it's because it wasn't as intense as your guys's, because, like I said, I was still grounded in the room, so I was able to kind of, like understand what was going on a little bit better and I was able to let go because I was like fucking tripping and then once it started hitting I'm like alright here it is and I was able to just let go like completely and it just fucking overwhelmed me and I think that the second time I do it or whenever I do it again I think that I'll be able to get deep and I think that I'll be able to fucking let go easier because I've kind of already let go so I feel like if I do it again um, I'll be able to really fucking go for it. I don't know. I like I said, it's. I don't think I had a bad trip in any sense, but I don't know if I'd want to do DMT again. Wow, that's so crazy to me. We must have had such different experiences because I just. It's like as soon what as I, I wanted out of it wasn't really what I got. What were you looking for? I was looking for a deeper connection, like seeing like some like messages in my life that can help me out or something like that you know yeah. what I've heard like I said I don't think I had a bad trip it was an experience mm-hmm. and a half I mean I saw some crazy shit I felt like in, I was in this weird place but Do you, I don't know I feel like like you, like comparing like you were saying shrooms to DMT I felt like I had such a better trip on mushrooms well I think that it might be a little unfair to compare those cause and I was just thinking about this when we were talking about it earlier you're comparing a full on blast off mushroom trip to like a dip your foot in the water DMT trip maybe maybe if you had I mean I know I'm not saying your experience wasn't mind blowing but if you had like the full on deep end dive head first fucking blast off it might be a little bit different maybe you would find some answers you know i think i had more of like a psychedelic trip you know i more of like that fun visual kind of thing yeah more of like a i don't know that wasn't really a good way to explain it but like introspective like Like it wasn't introspective it was more of just like whoa what is this right not i wouldn't i didn't feel any kind of connection at all what I was looking for that's what I yeah. was hoping for but see that's what I feel like is that it just takes more time just like with anything like I remember having that same feeling when I did a flotation tank for the first have you ever done that by the way no dude, dude. you should try it but I remember the first time I did a float tank I was like I'm just floating in water like what the fuck am I even doing yeah and I kind of was able to disconnect a little bit but not not really. The only way I, the only reason why I say that is because time flew by. I didn't know, I had no like recollection of what time was. So yeah. I felt I was like, all right, I've only been in here like twenty minutes. I still got some time. Like it's not really working, but I'm, I'm kind of disconnecting a little bit, but not really. Yeah. And I still got some time. And then boom, they're like, it's been an hour, and I'm like, holy shit. So I was disconnecting at some way, but I never really got like what I was looking for, which was like some profound shit. But I've only, I only did it once, so I feel like if I were to start doing float tanks like maybe once a week, 
or twice yeah. a month, you know, religiously and really fucking do it, then I might be able to find some profound shit. And it might be the same way with DMT. You might have to do it a few times before you really fucking feel anything. Like, yeah, like with weed, like what? Remember you were saying with weed? Yeah. When the first time you smoked it, you didn't really get nothing, and then once you kept smoking it a little bit, it started. It's, it's crazy though. Like, I feel like I had like a crazy ass trip. Like, what I seen was pretty nuts. But I, I don't know. I don't really. It wasn't life changing. It it was it was like I don't really know how to explain it. But it was more just like a visual. But I remember, like I was saying, like I, I felt like somebody was like pulling me into some area, some place. Yeah. But it didn't feel like I was able to like communicate with them or anything like that. I was just watching it happen. Were they communicating with you in any way, or were they? Just I don't know if you? it was the music that was talking or if it was you guys talking. But there were some voices, so yeah. it's kind of hard to distinguish where they were coming from. But um. Yeah, I heard some some things, but it it's not anything I can make out or like remember at least. It's very faint. Yeah, it's I don't, a very faint memory now. I don't remember what song you were listening to, but it probably had vocals in it. <clears throat> yeah, I think next time I want to do it, I want to do it without music or if there is music, very very low. I kind of feel the same way though, man. Like. Maybe that's why I was just telling you I'm kind of just in like a whatever mood right now. Maybe that's why, because I didn't. Maybe I was like expecting too much and didn't really get much of it. Now I'm just like fuck. Whatever. Well, the thing is, what what you're feeling right now, you're kind of just like. I mean, explain it to me how you were saying it earlier. Well, I have been drinking too, so that might. Is it kind of like a down feeling? It's a little down, but it's not really down though. But if that makes sense so to you, like when after. I would say um, after the um, the shroom trip, uh, I felt really like like down too, because I, I felt like I I felt really good at one point. Like I had a high a high point of feeling. Yeah, like, you think it's just like a dump of serotonin, and then you're just kind of fucking, you're just kind of going down. You're yeah, at, like a little. Yeah, just like what you're saying. Yeah, I think it might have a lot to do with just coming back to what this society is, dude. Yeah, because I remember after I did the DMT trip, within like thirty minutes, the f- the only thing I was talking about is like, we live in a fuck shit society that this kind of stuff is like illegal and people are going to jail for fucking weed. And I, I felt I think I felt felt like, just man, if everybody could just like love yeah. each other and shit, maybe that's why I feel a little well, down. Cause I'm like, it makes sense fuck. because it was in a sense like a sort of sort of like a high, and eventually that high is gonna wear off. Mm-hmm. You know, and the feeling that you had is gonna wear. Do you think it was like an too. escape in a way? No, I don't think it was like an escape at all. I, I think that, from what I seen, like you look like you had a good trip. Yeah. You came out of it like yeah. really good, like happy. That's cool. I don't know. I don't. I feel like I just, I came out of it like. What the fuck was that? <laughs> like, dude, what the fuck? Yeah. Tripping balls, bro. Yeah. That's generally the uh, common reaction I've heard is you just come out and what I've always heard is like people are like, dude, it was like, it was like, and they just can't, you know <laughs> what I mean? And I remember feeling that way too. I, I think it was some stuff that had gotten recorded when I came back and I was like, dude, 
so let me tell you what it was like. And then I would go to say the words, and there's just literally no words for yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so with uh, the question you asked me earlier, like comparing mushrooms yeah. to DMT, have you had a, a good experience on mushrooms? Mm. And how would you compare the two? Yeah, not recently. I don't know if you were there when I tripped that one time, when I was at my mom's house when she was gone. Were you with, weren't you with Gilbert? Yeah, yeah, he started tripping, and then, like, a, like a bunch of people started showing up, because of my drunk ass, or I don't even, I don't need, no, I didn't even drink that day, but I had invited people, like, hey, I'm gonna do mushrooms, come over if you wanna hang out, mm, and I invited too many people, and then by the time I was tripping, people started showing up, and I'm like, dude, we cannot be here, I gotta leave, and we went to David's house, but... Um, that was like, fuck, that was probably, man, I don't know if it was before I went to Chicago or after I got back, but I think it was after I got back. So I had to be like 22, 23 at the time. So that was what, over five years ago. Well, how was, how was that experience? I think that it was more profound for yeah. sure. The I feel like it literally changed my life. That one mushroom experience I've had, I've microdosed since then just to fuck around. Um, but that one trip I had, I still think about it to this day, man. Yeah. To this fucking day, I still relive that shit. Like, dude, it was fucking insane, bro. Yeah. It was so... Like, it literally changed my view on the universe, man. Like, I felt like the... I remember reading a quote, and it explains it perfectly. It's that you are something the universe is doing in the same way a wave is something the ocean is doing. If that makes sense. So the entire ocean comes together to make that little wave. The entire fucking universe came together to fucking make you. Yeah. And that's how I felt when I was on mushrooms. And I felt that because I had that realization, because I real like I'm getting fucking chills talking about it. I can't talk about it, but I remember thinking right there. Exactly, dude. It was like a fucking enlightening thing. I remember thinking because I'm having this realization about how the whole universe has come together to make me, the universe is appreciating me for it. And it wants to show me something. And it wants to show me love and connection. And so everything I looked at was like fucking connecting. I remember I remember looking at a tree, dude, and it was windy that day. And the tree was fucking kind of blowing in the breeze. And so the leaves and shit were kind of dancing. And it was creating this fucking sick-ass pattern and this dance. And I remember thinking, like, this tree just wants me, like, this, this, the universe just, yes, dude, yes, just wants me to admire, the universe wants me to, it wants to show me something, like, how much it loves me, and I'm like, fuck, like, I was almost in tears, dude, I was, like, having such a fucking profound realization, it was insane, and like I said, man, to this fucking day, I still think about it, like, dude, and it changed a lot of, like, my perspective, like, how I think about people and yeah, society dude. and the universe and planets and just everything it kind of all came together for me and this DMT trip was more of kind of like what you said it's like oh fuck that was crazy but it wasn't really anything that like is gonna change my life you know ooh dude I fucking well, I got like a little flashback of fucking mm. the trip man the mushroom trip I or the DMT like trip I feel like the DMT, DMT mm. trip like now I got that song stuck in my head it's like I feel like I was traveling through space a little bit. Right now. Fuck yeah. But, um, Just now? <laughs> in my head. <laughs> yeah. Not dude. like any like, crazy trip, but like, yeah. kind of like a flashback. But, uh, uh, yeah, what were you saying about like, like how you just like felt connected to like, even like the trees and shit. Like, <laughs> it's so funny. 
and held it down. But when we were walking back from the beach, uh, mm. after we after uh, we finished chilling there, um, we saw this like big old fucking tree. I don't know what kind of tree it was, but mm-hmm. it was like it was like broken down and shit. But it was hell old. Like you could tell oh, it was hell old, hundreds of years old. Probably. And we fucking looked at it. I'm like, dude. This fucking tree has fucking lived its life. It's did its fucking job. Like, it's probably got stories. We bro. fucking like, I, we were sitting there. We were just like appreciating it, man. Giving love to it. And we even fucking gave the tree a hug. Did you? Like, yeah. It's funny how you hear like tree huggers and tree shit. huggers. We right? literally went and gave that tree a hug, and it was it was pretty cool, man. That's so really dope. cool. Fucking tree hugging hippies, bro. <laughs> but it's true. Like, and I remember thinking about that after I did my after I had my trip. I'm like. All these people talking shit about hippie stuff. I get it. Like, you fucking tree hugger. Oh, peace, love. Uh, just everybody just going to love each yeah. other, man. But I, after that, I'm like, dude, that's really all it is, bro. Just love your surroundings. Love the people around you. Like, that's what life is about, man. And it sounds so cliche, dude. Like, just hug trees, man. Just love shit. But it's true, man. Like, just love people. Yeah. Just fucking love the earth. Like, People don't love the earth. That's why we're fucking polluted all the time. You know? And uh, yeah, like uh, like you were saying, like I can't I can't fully judge DMT because I haven't really experienced it all the mm-hmm. way. But I would definitely say mushrooms is more like the kind yeah. of yeah kind of drug. I don't know if it's. A I drug, feel like but this is probably how I that I would like to take. What again? Yeah. Oh, for sure, mushrooms. Yeah. You would do mushrooms again? Well, yeah. You were, what were you saying uh, earlier? Microdosing. What do yeah. you feel about that? Well, I see when I'm, I microdosed like three or four times since then. And every time I went into it was the complete wrong. I just went into it like, oh, yeah, fuck it. We're drinking, having fun. Like, let me pop a couple yeah. mushrooms. And it fucking checked me, bro. Like, it was, even though I just microdosed, it was like, you're gonna fucking sit in your room by yourself until you can get back to reality because yeah. you fucking kicked my oh, ass. Oh, dude, I remember that. Yeah, that was at our apartment with yeah, David. Was, you fucking like disappeared. I had to, yeah. dude. And I and I that's was like, why, dude, is he cool? But you yeah. were just like, fuck, I gotta be. I just gotta be alone, man. I just, I was like, all right. The mushrooms slap me in the face. Take care of yourself, man. Yep. And I feel like that's why I didn't do them with you guys in Tahoe is because I was like, I need to start listening to this shit. I need to start respecting these motherfuckers. And for whatever reason, that day, it was just like, not today. So I was like, fuck it, you know? I kind of wish I would have, though. I kind of wish I would have jumped into it. But I've, I've, I've got, I feel like there was a, uh, Terrence McKenna had a quote, and he was like, or no, it wasn't Terrence, it was someone else, I forget who it was. But someone was like, um, the phone was ringing, so I answered it. I heard everything I need to hear, and I don't, and I and I hung up the phone. I don't need to answer it again. And that's kind of talking about mushrooms. Like you've learned enough. You don't really need to fucking go in again. You've already learned enough. Yeah. Until you apply it to your life, and then you're ready to learn more. Then you're fucking. You know, there's no point to fucking with them. At least that's kind of how I feel. Dude, for sure, that's exactly how I feel. Like, I had like a really, a really good experience with mushrooms. And, yeah. and it's true what they say, like, set and setting. Like, dude, I don't think there would have been a better place to fucking do those mushrooms the first time. We're in the middle of, like, a fucking forest. Yeah. And we're fucking... In Tahoe, with your fucking homies, like... Yeah, it was good. I would say one thing that I did fuck up on was... um, It was kind of just, like, 
being hungover, I guess. Oh, I wasn't yeah. fully, like, 100%. Yeah. Because I was still hungover. But it didn't have too much effect. But I feel like if I was... If I wasn't feeling like that, I probably would have had a way better trip. But the, the crazy thing to me is that I still feel... I still get, like, those kind of, like, uh, emotions that I felt on that day. And I'm like, dude... I need to feel that again so mm-hmm. i really want to try to microdose like mm-hmm. get like a solid connect you know dude you can grow them yourself too man like, remember like when i was trying at our apartment yeah i was hoping I, it was gonna work dude me too honestly i think because i was doing it through the winter time i think it was just too cold in our apartment we never really kept it warm enough i think because they're supposed to stay pretty fucking warm and it's kind of like you gotta be pretty on top of it too. I kind of remember they it, they kept like molding or something like that, right? Yeah. I mean, mushrooms are mold anyways, aren't they? Or They're like some fungus. type of fungus. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know what I was doing. Maybe it was just I don't know. But yeah, man, like I wish I could. I need to find a, like a solid connect on psychedelics because I want to explore some more. I want to. You know what I really want to do is fucking MDMA, man. But, like, pure MDMA, not ecstasy, not fucking those pills, like, pure MDMA, because from what I've heard, it's, like, pretty profound. Really? Yeah, it's a psychedelic, you know what I'm saying? People think of MDMA and, like, oh, it's just ecstasy, you're just going to feel good and get fucked up, but pure MDMA is, like, so do you even know what ecstasy is? Ecstasy is MDMA mixed with meth. Damn. That's what ecstasy pills are, and that's why people take them at raves, because you're tripping on MDMA... But you're fucking on meth too, so you're just like let's fucking yeah, dance, rage, fucking yeah. So I want to try pure MDMA because I've heard a lot of good things about it, and they're actually I talked about it on one of my podcasts. But um, there's that group called Maps, M A P S. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. I think so. It's the uh, multidisciplinary association for psychedelic studies, and they're using psychedelic drugs like MDMA, psilocybin, ayahuasca, mm-hmm. whatever, to treat. Mental illnesses like fucking PTSD, depression, and all that kind of shit. Anxiety, even addictions too. Yeah, anxiety. They're even using this shit called iboga, or ibogaine. No, yeah, ibogaine. It's from the iboga plant from like Africa or some shit. But they're saying like literally, you could take the worst fucking heroin addict, give him a treatment of ibogaine, and they'll have this fucking insane fucking trip. But when they come out of it, they won't ever even want to touch heroin again, bro. They won't want to smoke Maybe. cigarettes. They won't want to drink alcohol. It'll, like, change your life. To what, where is, you, what does it say that's in it that does it? What's inside that drug that I, makes somebody change that dramatically? Honestly, I haven't even done any research into Ibogaine at all. I've just heard the effects of it. But from what I've heard is that it's such a profound experience that you gain some kind of new insight into your life to where... Why the fuck would I want to put poison in my veins? Why the fuck would I want to drink alcohol or smoke cigarettes? Yeah. Like, you come to some kind of realization where you don't even fucking like. So answer this: Do you think that it's like a mental thing, or do you think it's like a body, like your body actually gets addicted to it? Because, I mean, I've never done heroin, and I don't really know too many people that do. Right. But I've heard that, like, you know, the withdrawals are fucking. You know they're they're horrible. Yeah. So, saying what you were saying about you do that drug once and then you 
you fucking say I never want to touch heroin again, do you, do you still get the fucking, you know? Yeah, the withdrawals. The and withdrawals. Shit. Do you think that still happens, or do you think they just fucking? Yeah, they probably cured right away. They probably still happen. You probably still have to go through it. Um, I like I said, I haven't done very much research, so I'm not sure. But you, I'm sure you still have to go through the physical withdrawals of heroin, but. I think you're going through it in a different mentality to where it's like, once I'm through this, I'm done forever. I don't need to fucking... With heroin addicts, it's always something there. Even though they go through withdrawals and shit, they're still like... I mean, we know people that have been sober for a year and a half, and then they still... They f- forget how tough it was. or I don't know, but... Yeah. Get back on it, and I think... But I do want to say that even though there is like physical withdrawals, I think like 90% of addiction is mental I honestly think that like with me biting my nails <laughs> one day I was like I'm not gonna bite my fucking nails anymore and I didn't same thing with smoking I was like I'm not gonna smoke anymore I'll have a cigarette when I drink but I'm not gonna like I don't smoke at work I'll smoke during the day I don't you know what I mean I just smoke at night with friends while I drink and I literally just one day was like I'm not gonna fucking smoke that much anymore I'm yeah, gonna fucking I come do the back. Same exact thing. Exactly, and people say that nicotine is the most fucking addictive drug in the world. They oh, nicotine's worse than heroin. Nicotine's the worst addictive drug. And dude, I honestly heard, and it's kind of a conspiracy theory, which I'm not super into, but it makes sense. Is that the tobacco companies put out propaganda against themselves, saying mm. how addicting nicotine was. To make you believe that, like, almost like a reverse psychology. Yeah. So they made you believe that it was addicting so you would keep fucking smoking. You know what I'm saying? And (laughs) it makes sense, dude. Like, if they were smart enough to, I'm not saying they were, but if they were smart enough to figure that out and say, let's let's release propaganda against us (laughs) and tell these motherfuckers it's addicting. That's a pretty fucking crazy conspiracy. It makes sense, dude, because honestly, me and you have both experienced. But I've heard a lot crazier shit, so, I mean, it's not hard to believe. Epstein, bro. You know, after that, I was like, well, maybe all conspiracies are real. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? After that shit came out, I was like, fuck. But me and you have both experienced cigarette addiction. Hmm. And then one day, be like, nah. And then it was fine. Did you go through with any fucking withdrawals? Was it hella hard for you to quit? Or was it just like one day, I'm like, no. Dude, it was, yeah, it was kind of just like, kind of tired of it. Yeah. I don't like smelling like it. I don't like... Honestly, I got to a point where I was thinking about my future. I'm like, mm-hmm. am I just going to follow this smoking addiction road forever? Forever? Like, that can't be fucking good for my body yep. 10 years from now, 20 years from now. Yep. So I kind of just, like, I was like, man, I got to stop. I just got to fucking stop. Yeah. And you know, it's, <laughs> it's it, like you said, it, it, it's, it appears to be hard, right, at first. You know, it's kind of like you slip up a couple times. But yeah. if you really want to, like, really quit, you really want to, then you're going to do it. Like Then you're going to do you're it. You're going to do it. Like, there's a couple times where we, we both slipped up and just started smoking again. But yeah. I've been pretty consistent on just, like you said, sometimes I'll have a smoke, like, when I'm at the bar or something, like, mm-hmm. or wherever. But I don't ever buy packs, so I don't really ever... Yeah. I don't really have a cigarette on hand and I don't think it would change even if I did. I don't I don't want to smoke like during work or fucking right just after a meal. I mean it is good after a meal but Yeah. That's not that's not really I know like when I'm at work dude I don't even I can't even think about like stepping outside for a smoke anymore. Dude, I think me and Rihanna were just talking about this too. 
Do you remember morning cigarettes, bro? Dude, that that I think First about thing in the that, morning, dude. That's disgusting to me now. Dude, I've so I've woken up in the morning and thought like, damn, right now, I used to go have a cigarette yeah. and I would literally get sick. Like, how the fuck did I used to do that, bro? Isn't that crazy? We would wake up first thing when you wake up, like let's go have a smoke. Morning dude, smoke. yeah, that's how did we used to do that shit, dude? I don't fucking know, man. That was some gross ass shit, dude. And it was the best. I remember being up in the morning, dude, when it's still a little cold outside. And you're what do you think it is that changed with all you? I think it's just a lot of growing up, getting more mature mentally, just kind of realizing life on a grander scale than just today. I agree. I feel like when we were younger, I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but I know when I was younger, tomorrow was never fucking thought of, dude. Like, I never, when I was 15... I never once thought about, hmm, what am I going to do when I'm 18? What about when I'm 16? Or what about when I'm 20? What am I going to... That shit, I never thought about the future. And I don't know why, but I kind of regret it. Like, I wish I would have thought about the future more when I was younger, but... Definitely in school, too, man. Yeah, in school, dude, we were smoking so much fucking... Do you remember driving to school? Like, what day is it? I don't even fucking remember, because we've been high all goddamn week. (laughs) Driving to fucking Cala. Like, dude, we never give a fuck. It was just like... Yeah. Oh, we got school today. Like, let's just get this shit over with and then go fucking smoke weed and chill. And that's like that's some it's it's real shit, man. Like, you when you're in high school, like you're not thinking about your future, man. Unless, I mean, unless you're smarter than we were, you know, and you have somebody yeah. constantly reminding you. Well, I think if you find something when you're younger too, like then yeah. then you start thinking about the future. Like, if you want to join the military. Or, like, in Anna's case, she knew she wanted to be a nurse from, like, sixth grade. So as soon as she got to high school, she started taking classes that's going to benefit her nursing career and had, like, a fucking thing to focus on. So I think she might have thought a lot about her future. But for us, we're dude, pretty, dude, we're lost, in yeah, a sense, man. you know? We, we, were, we weren't really in heading in any direction besides forward. I mean, we were just little kids, but we didn't know what we were Dude, I remember doing. having a conversation right after high school like we had all graduated I think you were there I remember we were with White Gabe though remember that old swimming pool that he had at his apartments we would always go to yeah I think we were there and it was like maybe maybe senior year like right after we all graduated and we were talking about dude we just need to get a fucking warehouse job, bro. Then we could buy I a was car. Fucking then we there. could get a fucking house. Remember, we just all we was wanted there. was a fucking warehouse job. Fuck college. Fuck everything. Mm, what we do you need think fucking happened, bro? Look at what happened, bro. And we're still fucking struggling. Like we didn't know that a warehouse job doesn't pay shit. We thought warehouse jobs were like fucking the gravy, <laughs> dude. That's that crazy. And I think about that all the time because you know what? That's exactly what we're fucking doing. We're dude, our goals are so. You know what? I remember that day, dude. I don't remember it clearly, but I remember it, and I'm telling myself, I'm not going to get a fucking hot shop. I'm going to yeah. do something else. But little did we know, you can't get shit without a fucking degree or some kind of fucking... Yeah. Some kind of fucking something to show for. I don't know, man. I'm lucky I got to where, I was, where I'm at right now, but um, I'm still struggling. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, I heard a quote, and I think it fucking, not to keep quoting shit, but uh, I heard a quote one time, and I think it's fitting for this, what we're talking about. I wish I could remember who it was by, but they said that 
The problem isn't aiming too high and failing. The problem is aiming too low and succeeding. Mm. And that's fucking us, dude. We didn't have the fucking thought to aim higher. We yeah. were just like, fuck it. You know, we succeeded. <laughs> we succeeded. But that doesn't mean to say that this strife, this struggle is over. We still got a long ladder to climb. But I think that if we would have had these kind of realizations when we were high school kids. Yeah. Bro. And it's, it's, it's kind of like kind of fucked up how it works because it really wasn't up to us you know our brains weren't fully developed they really weren't we were yeah. still like learning what do they say the age is somewhere in the 20s where 25 you're, i think where your brain stops developing 25 26 mean, i'm not saying like you can't learn anything else after that but you you're taking in a lot of shit you, but as not, far as your personality and your behavior and the way your brain functions and shit that's in, not until you're 25. That's why fucking 20-year-old kids are out doing dumb shit because their brain hasn't fucking fully developed. And same thing, the same reason we were. Yeah. Because our brain... And now we can developed. actually, like, realize, like, yeah. Now we're 27. Do you think it... Do you think it's... All right, this is probably like a hard question to answer, but, like, do you think it's, like... A certain age, or do you think it's like your life experiences? Do you think if we would experience Both. like getting a job earlier in life, we would have realized, oh shit, we should be doing this instead of this. We should have done this, you know. If we would have started like working, when we were fifteen or some shit, we had like real jobs, you know. We right. had real responsibilities because when right. we were in high school, we didn't have real responsibilities. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and responsibility matures you too. Yeah. Or do you think it's just you hit this certain age and you're like, um. Now I'm mature. I'm 21. Whatever you want to fucking right. age you want to put on. I it. think it's a little bit of both, but as far as maturity goes, I think it's a lot of your environment. Cause, like, if I'm trying to think of if I have any examples, I would say David is probably the best example of someone who was kind of kind of fucked up to say, but abandoned or like forced to figure it out. He was homeless for yeah. a while and was just kind of left on his own. I think he was like, it was after high school, right? It was like he was 19 or 20 or some shit. I think so. Yeah, so he was just kind of left and he kind of just had to fucking figure it out. And I think that if that were to happen to any of us when we were like 14 or 15, we would have fucking had to grow up and figure it out. I think a lot of maturity is definitely... Uh, uh, Experiences. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also, I mean, it's also age, too. I mean, you do get to an age where you start to kind of just naturally realize things. But I think, <laughs> yeah, a lot of it's probably your experiences. It's that whole nature versus nurture kind of thing, you know? Yeah. But I just think we were from, like, a lower middle class, man. We didn't know any famous people. We didn't know any rich people. I mean, who's the richest person you knew growing up? Ryan's dad, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I couldn't like, name anybody. That that's what I'm top saying. Of my head. I don't know. I did. I remember when I think it was. Uh, I want to say it was Chris and Chuck. They told me that their dad made over six figures a year, which ain't shit. Six figure, hundred thousand dollars a year. That's that's doing decent, but that's not really nothing, bro. No. On a grand scheme of things, you're doing good, but you're not fucking. You're, you're not, not doing. Rich. Yeah, you're doing. But I remember when Chris and Chuck told me that their dad was making over six figures. It blew my fucking mind. I'm like, that motherfucker's rich. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> when we were young, like, dude, yeah. what the fuck? You know what I'm saying? That's crazy money. Yeah. But now that we're older, I think about it like, 
what was our perspective like, bro? Our perspective was that six figures was a fucking millionaire, dude. Like, we were from we like our we were from lower middle class, so a lot of the examples that we had to go off were OGs or were fucking people that were like hustling and just work even just working middle class job. Like my mom just working a fucking regular job. Like, yeah, dude. we didn't have any millionaires or real estate fucking moguls or business owners, CEOs. We never had any of that shit in our life. So I think we grew up in a little fucking little farm town that fucking started to populate a little bit more and grow a little bit more. But yep. I mean... I wonder what the population is in Antigua. Do you know? No. I wonder if I you can, can search it up right now. I fucking found it. I thought I had it over there. I can search it right now. Oh, it's charging. Antigua's but, yeah. Well, if you had to throw a number out, what would you say it is? Um... I'd say like two hundred thousand. I was gonna say a hundred thousand. I'll say two hundred. Two hundred. Let's see, Antigua's population. Dude, it's fucking blown up too. And we're both off. What is it? <laughs> Seventy nine thousand. Seventy nine thousand. Two hundred and sixty eight. Does it give a year? Two thousand seventeen. Seventeen. I bet you it's even higher now with all that new fucking shit they've been putting in recently. Wow. So I mean, since I'm already looking them up, what do you think Tracy's is? What was Mantica seventy nine? Eighty five. Close, it's ninety. Ninety. And what about Lathrop's? No, oh, that's, that's, that's like twenty. Twenty two? Hey. That's, that's close, yeah. What about Stockton Modesto? Did it say that one? No, it didn't pop up. Because those are way... I think those are like 200,000 maybe. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Is it Modesto 200? is 214. Damn. Stockton, Stockton is 300. Oh, shit. Stockton is bigger than Modesto? 100,000, yeah. But I thought Modesto was bigger. I, I did too. Dude, so I wonder if you can look up the year. Can you look up the year of Manteca in like 2008? Probably. I bet you it's less than half. No, it's probably, what was it, 79? So like 80,000? It was probably like 50, I'd say. 64. 64 in what year? 2008. 2008? Damn, so it hasn't grown as much as I thought it has. So like 15? 20, yeah, 15,000. Damn, I feel like it's grown way more than that. With all the new fucking development with Woodward, when was Woodward started? Because Woodward wasn't around when we were Woodward kids. Woodward was... Yeah, it was. No, Woodward was barely getting built when I was driving. I don't 16. think so. Because I remember going to Woodward school for fucking uh, summer school. Well, maybe the school was there, but I'm talking about like the whole... But there was houses around it. Yeah, but they weren't... There was like maybe a couple cul-de-sacs. Because I remember when I had my car at 16, we would drive to Woodward because there was hella neighborhoods... Yeah. With just streets, but no houses built. And See, we I don't like, know do what year it was, but I was definitely in elementary, and I definitely went to Woodward School, and there was houses around it. When remember, you were going to Sequoia? I remember there was, yeah, I was going to Sequoia, and I remember there was this... So I had to be like, oh, four. There was this day where they said some dude fucking hung himself from a tree. I remember that. Yeah, remember that, was, that, that was when I was in summer school there. Oh, shit. Yeah, and it was like a few blocks away from where the school was at. He was just hanging, hanging from like a fucking in a park, park tree. Or some shit? Yeah, I remember that. That's crazy. Damn, 
And some Antigua hasn't. I've been talking all this shit about how Antigua's blown up. It doesn't seem like it's really blown up that much. No. But I guess 15,000 people is still a lot, but over, what, 10 years almost? Over 10 years? That's not like very many people. More than that, too. I, wonder, I would say like 50, but that's, yeah. not, that's a big number, too. I mean, fuck, 50,000 more people. That's like doubling in size <laughs> in a decade. Fuck. 79,000. That's crazy. Yeah, how many people yeah. do you think you fucking see a day? Not 79,000. Fuck. But you know what's crazy is like, even when we go to the bar now, I see people I've fucking never, never seen. Randos, yeah. Mm. Or like when you're driving to the store, you go to In-N-Out, like look at all those people that well, are there. Well, that's, that's, that's also like a interest, interesting subject because think about this. When you went to high school, it was the same thing. You'd pass by hundreds of fucking people every day, Kids but you wouldn't know. really recognize them because you wouldn't really pay that much attention. They were just bodies passing you. Right. But when you met that person, you meet somebody, you start to get familiar with them. Then you start seeing right. them all over the school. You know, it's not that they weren't there. It's just you didn't notice them. I think that's just yeah, how that's it true. is with anybody. Like, right. I just see their face uh. for a split second. I could see them again. Like the next day and I wouldn't even wouldn't remember even, it. Yeah. So yeah, you could be seeing the same people over and over and you just wouldn't even understand. Dude, that's an argument for the simulation, dog. Simulation, dog. You know what's crazy is I finally met someone from Mantega, born and raised, that had no connection whatsoever. What do you mean? Okay, so every time I meet someone, it's like, oh, I grew up in Mantega. I'm like, who do you know? Oh, I fucking hung out with this person. Oh, that's my homie's cousin. Like, you yeah. always have some kind of connection. Yeah. I met someone at work that was born and raised in Antigua that I have zero connection How with. How old is he? She. He's like, he's like four or five years older than me. So he would... And I understand why, because he would be, like, getting out of high school when we were getting in. So maybe that's why it has a lot to do with it, but... I was still asking, like, do you have any younger cousins, brothers, friends? And we were going off names for hours. Couldn't find a connection. And I'm yeah. like, damn, that's the first time in Manteca that that's ever happened. Yeah. Because I feel like in Manteca, if you don't know them, you know somebody that does. You know? Most likely, yeah. If it's around our age, yeah. Yep, around sure. our age. Born and raised here in Manteca. I, like, there's like, I don't room. know what the actual, like, the number was, but I was like, Every, oh, what is it? Like I can't even remember, dude. It's like something about like every four like. If you were to name four people, like somebody would have a connection out of those four people, like that you're talking to. Like a random stranger. Yeah. Like, here in Manteca or just anywhere. I think it's like in Manteca, or I don't. I, I can't remember exactly where it was. Mm. Mm. I shouldn't have brought it up because I don't remember. Have it, you ever heard of? Dunbar's number? Mm-mm. What's that? So Dunbar's number is this idea that your brain has a maximum capacity for people, <laughs> right? And the number is 150. And they say that anything after 150, you're never going to really fucking remember them or have any, like, you can't, your brain doesn't really have the capacity to have a connection with hmm. anybody outside. 150. Of That's, a, it's an estimate, obviously. It's not like a science, but... The estimate is about 150, and the way it was brought up is they looked at like most of the tribes back in the day before big societies were created, when people were just hunter gatherers or whatever. Or even, even like in Americas, uh, when the Native Americans were around, like stuff like that. 
and tribes never really got over 150. Once a tribe grew to that size, it usually tended to split off into another tribe. And that was a big reason why that number was created. Because if you think about it, in your tribe, I mean, even after 100 people, you're not really going to have any capacity so, to fucking... So that would be, that'd be a cool thing to put to test. You can just sit here and name off 150 people that you yep. know. I mean, Well, how many Instagram followers do you have? Like 200 or something like that. I got about 200 too, and I guarantee 50 to 100 of those people don't even fucking care about. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's right where, you know what I'm saying? That's right where the fucking number is. You know? But how did, how did, I mean, I get the tribe thing, but that doesn't, that doesn't regulate how many people we can. Right. Yeah. Remember. It's not like a science or anything. It's just a, it's just almost, it's kind of like a thought experiment. I mean, I don't think there's any real science behind Dunbar's number. But I think it's just something that was created to kind of like be able to give you a certain kind of outlook on shit. How much memory yeah. can hold. But that's right. the thing, like, we retain a lot of shit that we don't even realize, you know. That's why, I mean, me personally, I have crazy ass dreams of like mm-hmm. things that I really don't even know what's going on. It's like, hell. Well, I think a, I think a big thing about it too is once society, even Manteca, what was it, 80,000? Even that, we think of Manteca as kind of a small town, even when we were growing up, small farm town, but even 50,000 people in one little fucking place, it just seems like that's why, it seems like that's why we're able to walk past fucking homeless people and shit. Because imagine if your fucking city was only 100 people big, you would fucking know everybody. Pretty much everyone would be your fucking cousin or friend somehow. And if you saw old Jim Bob on the fucking street pass the fuck out or begging for money you'd be like dude what the fuck are you doing let me help you what yeah. the, you know what I mean but because we're in a city of fucking 80,000 people and Manteca's considered small you can literally just step over fucking homeless people and not even think about it because there's too many people to even worry about I think another thing is too is like a lot of us uh, lower middle class we're struggling you know right. so it's hard for us to even help I mean that's a big part of it man like it's hard for us to like you said, help. Because we're then, fucking trying to help ourselves. And we also, we we know the reality of why they're homeless. You know, they're not. Well, we, yeah. see, we see you. I'd say 80% of it is choice. And, you Mental know, it's like, maybe, but. It's, what are we supporting at that rate? Like, right. we supporting your bad habits? Are you trying to help yourself? Like, yeah. yeah, the only reason why they're homeless is because they can be. The only reason why they can be is because people are fucking giving them money and shit, you know? Which is fucked up to say. Like, I'm not saying don't give homeless people money. I don't personally, but... I mean, do what you gotta do to make you feel good, I guess. But I don't think that it's the answer. I know people. some people are, like, dealt some shitty cards, you know? I, I fully respect that, and I understand. Mm-hmm. But, like, somebody who doesn't want to help themselves, I'm sorry, but... I don't, I can't help you, you know, Any and I don't feel bad for feeling that way because it's not, it's not really like I'm helping you at all. I'm not you're hurting them really. Yeah. I'm keeping you in that, in that fucking lifestyle that you're living. Any normal person dealt shitty cards, like you said, um, is going to be able to get out of it. They're going to fit. I mean, like we just talked about David. He was literally homeless, sleeping in parks, crashing on friends' couches. No fucking family. 
And look where he's at now, dude. He fucking has a house and a wife and a kid and a fucking full-time job with at, with a trade, welding, by the way. Like, he's fucking killing it, bro. Like, yeah, knowing where he came from, that's why I love David so much. He's just full... He literally never... Dude, he would come over. And I knew he was homeless, so as soon as I got off work, I'd be like, bro, come over. So he would come over, and I would, I would just be fresh off work, like, damn, I'm fucking hungry. Let's go grab something to eat. Nah, I'm cool, I'm cool, I'm cool. I don't want... Nah, we're, I, I don't feel like going... When's the last time you ate, bro? You know what I'm saying? Like, I know you want to go fucking eat. Nah, nah, I'm cool. Like, I'm good. Bitch, I'll fucking buy your food. Don't You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, it's cool. And he was never the motherfucker to ask for handouts. Never the motherfucker to, like, yeah, like cool. mooch off people and shit. And he just literally, he literally just fucking put his nose through the grindstone and fucking killed it. And I use him as a huge example of homeless people, man. Like, if you want to get out of it, you will. But if you're willing to settle for that kind of shit... If you're willing to settle for a tent by a river, begging for change, then that's your, then that's it. But that's your fucking choice, and that's not my fault to have to fucking. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, and you know who my dad is, bro. You've seen everything that went there. That was he had every motherfucking opportunity in the world not to be homeless. And yeah. He chose to. He might not have chose where he's at now, but he chose all the motherfucking steps to get there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So. The one thing I do really feel bad about with homeless people is when it comes to mental illness, man. Because that's nothing... You know, they close down so many mental <coughs> institutions in our country. I forget what president it was, but it, I want to say Nixon, but it might not have been. But it was before us. Um, closed down a bunch of fucking mental institutions. They don't offer any mental help for veterans, for... You know what I'm saying? Like, all this kind of shit. So... I saw that face you gave me. It's not that they don't offer any mental help, but the mental help they offer is just to fucking dope them up on pills. You know, it's not real help. And so a lot of these fucking homeless people <coughs> are mentally Excuse ill me. and they don't have family to fucking turn to or they don't have a hospital to go to to help them. They don't, they don't have access to therapy and shit that they need. So they literally just fucking, their life falls apart. They don't know what to fucking do because they're mentally ill and now they're just fucking floating around in the streets. Yeah. And it fucking sucks. I, I think a huge issue with our mental or with our homeless problem in this, especially in California, is mental hospitals, man. Mental health therapy, fucking, you know what I'm saying? Like, like lack of resources, shit. right? Yup. Start fucking funding these mental hospitals, man. Start fucking funding mental therapy for veterans and shit. You know what I'm well, saying? Well, I mean, you were talking about that maps. Perfect example. Perfect you think, example. I mean, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I don't really know too much about it besides what you told me, but I'm pretty sure they've tried to treat like veterans too, right? Yeah, actually, one of the big, one of their forefront fucking things that they're working on is PTSD with veterans, and they're using MDMA because you've heard about like, oh, you just feel good, you feel love, you feel fucking mm -hmm. rubbing the carpet feels good, or whatever. That's kind of the idea is to show these veterans that have PTSD and just see murder and death and they're fucked up in the head to show them like, hey man, there's still fucking love out there and like, and it, and it, for whatever reason, I don't know the mechanics behind it, but a lot of fucking veterans have found, uh, have found it to yeah, help I mean, quite I a bit. I could never, could never put myself in like a veteran's shoes who's, you know, taking somebody's life. I, I couldn't imagine, you know, what kind of nightmares haunt them after that? Yep. But, yep. You know, it makes sense, man. You do, you do something like that. It's kind of hard to just tuck it away and forget it. 
Like that shit lives with you fucking. Yep. After that. I remember hanging out with my brother quite a bit before he moved to Germany. And that was a huge window into the world of PTSD, man. <laughs> Especially with his friends that he served with. Because there were a couple friends that lived in Manteca that he served with and that he grew up with in Tracy and shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? He's known these motherfuckers forever. And, um, he had it really bad and he was like the least of them. I remember his, one of his buddies couldn't even leave his fucking house, man. Like every time he left his house, he was like on the edge of fucking murdering someone. Cause he was just still in that fucking soldier mentality, dude. Like I'm at fucking war. Anybody that looks at me, I'm fucking blasting their face off. It's like, for whatever reason, he wasn't able to come back from that. And he was just kind of stuck there. And so he doesn't leave the house because he's like such like a fucking... And my brother, I remember him telling me the story about it. And it was so... Like, I remember like almost come... I think I did come to tears when he told me. But he was saying in war, he had done like a bunch of shit, man. And it didn't really affect him because it was the enemy or the other. Or just the wall that was standing in his way, right? So... He had to protect himself and his brothers in arms and shit, so he did what he had to do, whatever. But he said that he came back and his daughter died. She was like one years old. And I think she died from SIDS, which is uh, Sudden Infant Death Syndrome. Sometimes babies just fucking die. I guess that's the thing, right? I mean, they're really weak. I mean, they're just fucking... Exactly. And I remember he told me, he was like, man... I. I never had PTSD, didn't give a fuck. I was a Marine. I was a fucking hard-ass jarhead. But when my fucking daughter died and I held my daughter, my dead daughter in my arms, I realized that every single other person I affected overseas felt this exact same fucking way about the people that they lost. And he said that it just fucking broke them open. And that's where all his PTSD and everything just fucking fell. And it just and he's been fucked ever since. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's been struggling with it ever since. And when you hear shit like that, it's hard to have a bad day at work. It's yeah. hard to complain about traffic and shit. That's when tough, man. You know that people are dealing with dead families and shit. Like, to, you know what I mean? It's like, fuck. And I remember he was telling me about that too. He's like, man, I don't got patience for these motherfuckers that cry over a paper cut. He's like, cause I know what the fuck that shit really is. And I was like. You're right, dude. I can't complain about my fucking day anymore. <laughs> Fuck, dude. You won that one. Yeah. But when you think about that shit with PTSD and mental illness, it's like, what are these motherfuckers supposed to do? There's no answer. You ask anybody, oh, we'll go to therapy or take this pill or do this mm-hmm. or do that. Who fucking knows, you know? Like, it, like you know, it's it's true. It's like once you do something like that, you know, your moral compass is just fucked. You know, you're just like, I don't know, man. I could just imagine, like, I mean, can I could never imagine actually killing somebody, but just the guilt you might feel after that. Just, like you said, I, or like I was saying, you can't forget it. Like, as much as you would want to, as much as you would distract yourself, those kind of thoughts will always linger through your fucking head. It doesn't matter, like, I mean, I... I hope that, like, the therapy that you were talking about can help somebody get over that, but... Seems to be doing pretty good. Unless you actually erase that from your mind, or you come to peace with it, I guess that's what it comes down to. And yeah. You gotta make peace with it, or else it will just haunt you forever. And it probably does, like, just replay. Replay in their fucking mind, like, all the time. And I can imagine that that would be probably pretty torturous. 
to just see some fucked up shit over and over and over and over and over again. It's like, fuck. And then you see these Vietnam vets. I mean, the shit that they saw was like fucking crazy compared to the shit that we're hearing about, you know? <laughs> yeah. And you see a lot of those old homeless people. Like, when we go to San Francisco and there's that fucking crazy guy talking to himself. A lot of those motherfuckers are Vietnam vets, man. They fucking came back. They saw some fucked up shit, came back to our country and were spit on. And they they couldn't take it, bro. They just fucking mentally completely broke. They, and now they're like sitting that's on That's why drugs, you know, that's where drugs come in hand, like... And they did a lot of drugs over in Vietnam, Because you kind of just too. fucking, you numb yourself. Yep. So you can't feel it Aren't they doing a bunch of heroin in Vietnam, too, or some shit? Yeah. I'm pretty sure. So they came back with... So they were all fucking on morphine too, you know. Yeah. You get fucking shot, you get a fucking stuck with some morphine, and you're fucking just on fucking cloud nine. Dude, they say Hitler was like a meth addict, bro. I heard something like that. Yeah, he would. His doctors would shoot him up with UVs full of all kinds of crazy shit. I still think that's fucking crazy. The he Holocaust. was like on steroids, meth, all kinds of crazy shit. It almost doesn't seem real, and I've heard some conspiracies about it. What, the Holocaust? Because it's like, this dude controlled, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of people to just fucking kill a whole entire race, mm-hmm. you know, just wipe them, or they well, try to. I've listened to podcasts about it, and you gotta realize that most of the German people didn't really understand what was going on. Like, they knew... It was, like, such a long process. It wasn't like Hitler just came in and... We're going to kill these Jews and everybody was down with it. It was like a long, like any other president. It's a long, they're, they're senators for a long time or they're fucking whatever. They build their way up and then they go through this crazy campaign and eventually get elected or whatever. And then over years, they try and make changes and shit. That's kind of what Hitler was. It just took a long time and there were a lot of German people that were fucking pissed off at, for whatever reason. I don't know all the politics behind it, but he was able to kind of convince them like these people are our problem or this is what we need to do but a lot of people didn't really know that they were like just fucking slaughtering people and burning bodies like a lot of people didn't know that what do you mean though a lot of german citizens a lot of like german citizens like the actual soldiers right so the soldiers and ss and all that shit of course they knew okay but the average everyday german citizen like hey fucking hitler's burning but it's like if you were like hey fucking trump's got a Asian slave in his basement. You're like, yeah, fucking right. Yeah. Turns out he really did. As, as far as my understanding, that's kind of what the German people, that's kind of their level of knowledge when it came to Hitler. No, like, we know maybe yeah. some fucked up shit's going on, but they ain't fucking like, burning bodies. What are you talking about? But they were. Do you think that, I mean, I can't compare the two. Like, our army is kind of like that in a sense. We were kind of trained to just fucking kill wherever, kill whatever, like, I mean, I've never enlisted, I've never really fucking been on a battlefield, but from my yeah. understanding, soldiers are told to, are, are sent over there to fucking do whatever they have to do, no questions asked, right? Right, yep. So they're kind of Don't question giving... your orders, soldier. <laughs> Their orders, don't, yeah. Uh. Yeah, man, I think all military is the same. Whether you're a Nazi or whether you're fucking whatever. I kind of think it's all under the same umbrella. I think that it's... It's uh, fascism, in a way, I guess. You know, it's enforcing your government by power. 
That's what the fucking military is there for. It's to, this is what our government is. You want to fucking test us? Let's see what's up. It's kind of like the boxing gloves, you know? And I think that it's really fucking easy to misuse that power. I think when someone becomes president or you have people in Congress that are voting for these wars because they want more money because they know that they got the world's strongest army. Exactly. So it's really easy to start misusing that. I don't know if it's all intentional. I think that any time you're talking about something that's run by humans... You need to be really careful about how smart that system really is. Because <laughs> a lot of people are like, it's all a conspiracy and the fucking government's a super smart thing yeah. and they're controlling everything. And I'm like, well, the government's run by humans, so they're still pretty fucking stupid. But I, I just think that it's easy to have the power of the U.S. military and not fucking misuse it. Yeah, like, yeah exactly. Like, who's, who's like decisions or whose life are we benefiting by doing this is it ours ours is it really the people on top is it are yeah. we just fucking or just fucking workers is we're, are we just fucking uh, you know army ants fucking yeah we're not i mean obviously we benefit from <laughs> the decisions our fucking our military makes yeah. i think we benefit quite a bit yeah but i think that it's at the cost of others Oh, let's not talk about fucking politics. Yeah, dude. Fuck it, we can get into it, dude. I'm not really into politics myself, but I do feel. We can still talk about the way society is structured, though, without getting too deep in the political woods. Yeah. I think that it is there to benefit the top one percent. I mean, it sounds cliche, fucking March on Wall Street, ninety nine percent. But it's like, nah, man. Like this country is run by a rich upper class. Everybody else is just here to produce. That's basically it. Yeah. Like you said, we fucking work in warehouses. We're just fucking... Yep. We're just the bottom of the fucking barrel. Working for the yep. people up top. But that's the thing. is like, even with that being said, this country, even if we are being used as worker ants, we still have a fucking great life compared to 90% of the rest of the world, man. Like, the fact that we have to go to work and support this fucking machine sucks. But it provides a great fucking life, man. Like, we're able to have a nice house and drive a cool car and fucking have a dope fucking phone and be able to talk to anybody we want at any time and be able to support our kids and our families. and Like, that, you can't... That, there's other countries where motherfuckers are, like, eating dirt and shit, man. Like, Dude, so do you think that you can achieve this kind of lifestyle without war and military? I think that's possible. This life that we yeah. fucking live. So. Man. Well, see, so there's actually a book I've been wanting to read. Um, but I listened to a podcast by the guy that wrote it. So I, I have a pretty good understanding of his ideas. But I still want to read the book that he wrote. But his idea is that um, society itself, this idea of us living together in cities and states and countries and whatever the fuck, is hella bad for us. And our quality of life is way better being in small tribes hunting and gathering and shit. And that's kind of what you were just saying, is that do you think it's possible to live this good of a life without military and shit? And I don't think it is. Because as soon as you have society, as soon as you have something to protect, 
you need a protector because someone else is going to try and fucking take it. So it happens all the time. Basically, like, too many people to control, right? You know, it's easier to yeah. control, like, a tribe, but if you fucking have, like, a hundred tribes that yeah. you're taking control of, now it's harder for one person to control yeah. every single one of those now because, like you said, some people will fucking fight fight the yeah. cause whatever it is well I think no I think it's more of, it's not as much of like too many people to control I think it's more of like like if you think about the hunters and gatherers right it was just a tribe of people that were nomads that just traveled around eating what they could find and they would stop at a river for a while I'm like hey we're gonna post up on this river and chill there and then maybe 10 years later fucking this river dried up so we're gonna move somewhere else and, but there was never an idea of mine this river is mine. This fucking shit is mine. But then they started growing crops, right? They figured out how to grow crops to where they didn't need to travel anymore. So they like, hey, we could just fucking post up right here forever. I can just grow all the food we need. Yeah. Now, you got something to protect, right? Now you have a crop of food to feed your fucking society mm-hmm. with, to feed your tribe with. And, you try, and then all of a sudden someone else figures it out. But then their crops dry up, and they see your crops doing good, so they're going to come and try and fucking take them from you. Now you need protectors, right? So as soon as agriculture and society started coming up, that's kind of what his argument is, is that that's where everything started going bad. That's where people started caring about each other. That's where people started fighting. That's where war fucking came from. That's where famine came from. That's where the climate change and us fucking up the world and all that stuff came from because it's not natural to just have... A huge monocrop of so we kind of like you know crack the code mm-hmm. like you know we're kind of ch- changing the way fucking but I mean do you think that that's bad for agriculture I mean for the for um what were you saying um for the planet bad for the planet yeah bad for the planet yeah it's hell there's been hella studies done about how uh monocrops are like which is basically one giant crop of one fucking vegetable yeah, or, whatever, yeah. or even orchards and shit it's hella not fucking good for society and what's crazy is you look at um, like places that are deserts now like the Middle East and shit that was the Middle East was Mesopotamia bro that's where everything fucking came from and it used to be a rich green lush fucking land the River Nile and shit right yeah yeah and it's all fucking desert now. And they say that a lot of it has to do with agriculture. The, the ground isn't able to fucking do shit properly, which means the plants aren't able to do shit, which means the air isn't fucking... It's all like a big-ass balance, you know what I'm saying? And when you start throwing shit out of balance, it fucking throws 15 other things out of balance. And then a couple centuries later, you're like, what the fuck happened? Oh, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, there's nowhere in nature... But you don't think that's like a natural thing, though, too? Because, I mean... I don't know how many years it is, but, like, every billion years, like, we go through some sort of, like, ice age, or we yeah. have in the past, you know, it's just the way things are, like, we go through an ice hmm. age, and then it melts away, and then... I think about that all the time, floods, you know? I think about us like the dinosaurs. Like, they came and went. They were here, some shit happened, now they're not. There was a planet before them, and then they came, and they got wiped out. And it was a planet after them, too. Yeah. I think I think we're no fucking different, dude. I remember seeing that documentary on Netflix, the um, that series, One Strange Rock. Okay. Remember I was yeah. telling you, did you ever watch that, by the way? Did you watch, I watched watch some most of it. I did. I watched most of it. So there was something in there where they were saying that um, all life on planet, or like 99% of life on Earth has been wiped out 
six times, I think. Yeah. Like, we're right. six or we're seven or some shit. <laughs> After I heard that, I was like, what the fuck makes us think we're so special? We're fucking up the earth, too, man. Yeah. We got nukes and shit. Like, who's to say we're not going to just I think we're a lot smarter, though. I think we can prepare so? ourselves a lot better than a fucking dinosaur could have ever. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. But do you think we're going to? I think Look that... fucking crazy I shit. I think we'll have, there'll be a mass... Um, amount of people that die but there will be some people who are able to tuck away store yeah, right know. survive the ice age so to speak i think that's definitely possible yeah i think, I think so. a lot of people will die though so how long do you see but that's the thing is if say the population gets brought down to like a million or a yeah. hundred thousand super something super low like almost extinction but fewer than people hide away once they come back it's going to take fucking millennium to get back to where we're at now. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? It's almost, it basically still is like a restart. It, that's exactly what I was going to say. The earth has this certain like switch, like, oh, it's time to restart or whatever. Yeah. It's fucking, fucking Boom. wipes everything out and everything fucking restarts. I don't know if that'll happen again. I know that it won't happen overnight. It's going to take fucking millions yeah. of years for like something like that to happen and, unless another asteroid hits or some shit but dude that scares the shit out of me too dude you fucking never know dude so let me ask you this then with everything we just with everything we just talked about about our own planet think about the universe life's probably pretty fucking rare right I think it intelligent life is probably pretty fucking rare yeah I'd say that I but I think there's definitely like room for like vegetables, like yeah. I mean that's in a sense it's life. Like some alien vegetable or some even bacteria and some shit. Like too. bacteria, yeah, exactly. That's but, a better way. But yeah, intelligent life like us, able to build rockets and travel through space. Uh, no, I think that's pretty rare. I think it's so fucking rare, dude. And I think that if people realize that, shit would fucking change, bro. Yeah. That's why we haven't found life yet. That's why everyone's like, we're, we know aliens are out there. Where the fuck these aliens at? That's fucking why, man. Because it's fucking rare, bro. For someone, for a planet to be able to sustain life for millions of fucking years without getting fucked up, enough to grow a fucking mammal, to have a brain big enough to contemplate the universe, that process right there is probably so rare. One of the rarest things in the universe, well, man. Do you think that, like, I mean, I like to think that there is life out there. Yeah. Intelligent life. I like to think that. Mm -hmm. And and what makes me always, like, you know, think about it is that what we have in our solar system is just what we have. We don't know what else is out there. We don't know what other fucking minerals or fucking... Right. You know? Come on. Like, fucking millions and millions of light years away, who knows where you're going to end up who knows what kind of shit's gonna be around you? You know what kind of elements you're gonna run into. It could be some crazy ass shit that makes some super crazy intelligent being. Like mm-hmm. who fucking knows, man? Mm-hmm. There's endless possibilities. Yeah. So to close your mind to that is just like, yeah, you're you're, you're just lying to yourself, man. There's, yeah. There's there's got to be some sort of life, but I do agree with you. Do on you that think it's even? Do you think it's even possible to reach it? Like, with how big the universe is, and the universe is expanding, by the way. I don't think 
we'll find them, I think they'll find us, if anything. I don't think we're there yet, or even close to it. We're so stuck on this fucking planet, like, we don't give a fuck about, like... Yeah. I don't know, I mean, we don't really, like, think about what's outside of this world on an everyday fucking... Yeah. Everyday fucking process, but... Like, but like even if we were like we could be we could be the only intelligent life in the Milky Way galaxy and that's like a hundred million light years across yeah. so even traveling light speed it would take us a hundred million years to get across our galaxy and there's <laughs> fucking billions of galaxies so there's gotta be life out there somewhere right but that that distance in time will never fucking get to it. Even if even if there was life in our own galaxy besides us, even in our own galaxy we wouldn't be able to ever fucking get to it. So the idea that there's life on other galaxies, sure. But we're never gonna fucking get to it. Ever. Unless we can fold space time. Unless we can literally bro. Dude. <laughs> Dude, that's it. That's the communication right there, bro. Fuck going through our own dimension. They're just going through higher dimensions. They don't gotta travel through space time. They can just travel through the yeah, fifth dimension and get bodies. to the yeah. rest. Fuck, dude. That's the way to do it, bro. I wanna take a break real quick. We already got. Ooh, an hour and 17 minutes. Damn. 